Welcome, welcome. Is this wilderness? And what is a wilderness season? We've probably heard a lot just being in church. I don't want to be my wilderness season or why am I even in my wilderness season? In this series, we're going to be talking, breaking down in this little mini series about wilderness season. Share this with people that you believe might relate with it. And I've been really talking about this uh, a lot this past year. And God has really downloaded a lot of wisdom, strategy, and to be able to know if you're in wilderness or promised land or still stuck in bondage, it is a discerning, a season type of revelation. Wisdom is also understanding the seasons that I'm in. Now, I'm not telling y'all to force the season that you're in, but I am telling you to understand the season that you're in. And let me just share this. So there's three types of seasons we talk about when it comes to Israelites back in the day when they were stuck in Egypt, to wilderness, to promised land. These are the three types of seasons. Egypt, which equals bondage. So you're stuck in bondage. You are a slave to something. That's what bondage is, is you are a slave to something. And you're either a slave to Jesus Christ and becoming a slave to him, This the benefits are, are actually freedom. And it almost doesn't make sense to the natural mind, but I'll never forget what Jesus said when he says, if I tell you earthly things and you don't believe, how are you gonna believe when I tell you heavenly things? So being a child of God to our maker, Jesus Christ, we have benefits to be being able to have inheritance. We're, we're heirs, heirs of uh, the father because we're his children. But when you're in bondage to something, and you could be in bondage to things that the enemy wants to you to be in bondage in, what are those? This can be anything from fear, anxiety. It can be worry, overwhelm, overthinking. There's so much we could talk about when it comes to what are you in bondage of? Because if the enemy can bound you up, that's why Isaiah 61 talks about setting the captives free. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, okay? To be able to what? Preach good tidings to the poor, to heal broken hearts, to let those that are in captivity to proclaim liberty to those people and then set those that are uh, imprisoned, bound up to be, to be free in Jesus' name. So Egypt means I am in bondage to something. Wilderness is a season of transitioning from Egypt to wilderness, but wilderness is not the destination. Wilderness is not the destination. Wilderness is just a place of transition. And it's a place where God will humble us, will test us, and will want to know what's really in our heart. This is what Deuteronomy 8 says about what wilderness does. Wilderness is to deliver you from you. Wilderness is to deliver you from you, okay? Egypt, you're a slave to it. You get out of Egypt because of a deliverer. Moses delivered them. God used Moses to deliver them out of Egypt, the Israelites who were there for hundreds of years. Now they're transitioning into wilderness, And guess what takes place in wilderness? A place of testing, of trials. They respond through complaining. God is providing manna. God is providing for them. Yet they continue to have this thing where I'm going to promised land or I'm trying to get to promised land, but they can't even look ahead because they continue to look back. They look back at their past. They look back at Egypt. So wilderness is to really deliver you from you. Promised land is to be able to be set free. But when I when I think about promised land, it's not even a place that is setting you truly free. It's just a place that I have to be 
in order to fulfill what God wants me to fulfill as far as God's promises. So God has promised his children, his people, a land that is flowing with milk and honey that will hold the resources to be able to sustain them and to live. And there's a lot of promises that take place in promised land. That's why it's called promised land. It's Canaan. That is a land promised by God to be able to sustain his people. But there's a journey. There is this pressing into the promised land to get there. And generations had to die or died in order to get to finally to promised land. And I'll really share a lot why in these in this series. But as I continue to think about this and what God is doing to really prepare us, he loves us so much that he's willing to correct us. He who he loves, he corrects is what the Bible says. So as we're pressing into the promised land, as we continue to transition, know this, you might be feeling like you're in promised land in certain areas of your life, but other areas of your life might be in Egypt, in bondage. So my finances might be in promised land, but my marriage is in wilderness. My marriage might feel like it's in wilderness, but my finances are in Egypt. You get that? So there's parts of us as believers that might have bondage, thought processes. There might be a generational curse in your finances. There might be a generational curse in your health and it's stuck in bondage. And But whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Only Jesus Christ, our true deliverer, can deliver us out of those circumstances. Welcome, family, to be able to understanding. And how do I know this? There's parts of a believer's life that is not surrendered to the Holy Spirit. There's parts of a believer's life that is not surrendered to the Holy Spirit. My marriage might feel like it's in promised land. Me and my spouse, we're doing great. Everything's been amazing. Not many arguments. We're in one accord in unity. But our finances continue to stay in bondage. And this is where renewing of the mind needs to take place in the finances. Get out of that. Stop listening to worldly advice and, and make sure you take your authority in the spiritual realm and how, have the Holy Spirit guide you and reveal to you what needs to break. It could be a generational line of poverty-like thinking. It can be a spirit of poverty, okay? And I'm not saying that having money is bad. Having money is not bad. Having wealth is not bad. But when wealth has you, when money has you, it can lead to destructive things. It is the what? The the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. It isn't money that is, right? So I'm I'm sharing this because there's parts of our life as believers where we might feel like how come parts of me are doing great but the others are struggling. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. It regenerates us, right? Rates us. It's a regeneration. It transforms us from the the inside out. And this is really the power of what God does to the believers, but we have to go through a process, okay? Let me read this in Exodus chapter 14, verse 11 to 13. It says this, and this is when they're transitioning already. Let thy people go. Pharaoh already let them go. The plagues went through and he finally let them go. And here's what happens in Exodus 14, 11. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves, again, they're transitioning from Egypt and they're heading to the Red Sea right? Going into wilderness. Then they said to Moses, because there was no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Ooh, why have you so dealt with us 
to bring us up out of Egypt. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Y'all see this? We'd rather serve our dysfunction. We'd rather serve our past. We'd rather serve our toxic ex who we have nostalgic feelings about because I'm used to them comforting me and this is a new season and I'm not used to being alone. I'd rather serve what kept me in slavery, what kept me in bondage. It says right here, I'd rather serve. We rather serve. Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. So let me just share this, that whenever I'm in a transition, it might feel uncomfortable. It might feel scary. The Egyptians are coming after them. They think they're going to die out there. Did you leave us out here to die? Is this the plan that God has for my life to feel uncomfortable, to feel hurt, to feel broken? Sometimes God may allow the breaking because that breaking might feel like breaking to you, but really it's rebuilding. In order for things to rebuild, God needs to allow things to break. I'm not going to say that God tries to break us because he may allow it for the better, for the good, okay? God doesn't break us to, to use us. He fix, or God doesn't break us to fix us. He breaks, he allows uh, people that are broken to be fixed by him so he can use us. I'm going to say that one more time because this is so good. God does not break us to, to try to fix us. He fixes broken people to use them. Don't let everybody on this world use you but God. The Bible says he is the potter on the potter's wheel and we are the clay. He is the master, the true vine in us as the branches. What I'm saying is when we're going into transition seasons in our life, it might be anything brand new where I have to walk by faith, not by sight, where I got to take risks. And as you're stepping into newer seasons, unknown seasons, because they're going from a place that they were in for hundreds of years, used to the environment, used to the bondage, used to serving Pharaoh, used to serving abusers, used to serving manipulators, used to serving dysfunction. And the moment I'm stepping out and getting a taste of my freedom, I, I think that God is out here trying to kill me because I'm so used to being comfortable. But if it wasn't for uncomfortable situations, I wouldn't need the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. So sometimes I might feel uncomfortable because it is the Holy Spirit's job to comfort me. Ooh. So I'm just going to tell y'all when you're transitioning and this, this brother RC right here, these are things I've gone through. These are things that I continue to press in. And whenever I'm getting into a new season, it gets uncomfortable to, in fact, to the point where it gets hard to, to trust God. And to really know if this is God. God bless you. This video is sponsored by us here at Simply Uncage. We do a lot of different personalizations from wood, Bibles, devotionals. We can put names and verses on any type of leather material. We also do woods that you guys can hang and gift to loved ones, merch, apparel, so many out here. Thank you guys so much for always supporting us. 
click the link below to just check out what we have. We're always here to serve. God bless you in Jesus' name. Okay, we're getting somewhere here, okay? We're, we're really getting somewhere. And the more that I break this down and the more that I read Exodus 14, it tells us, I'm gonna read this again. In verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So amazing being able to read that in verse 13 and 14 because it's like the Lord will fight for us. We gotta trust in God in those moments, even though we're scared, even though our past is creeping back, even though deja vu, people from your past are calling you, trying to get you to get to a place that serves them and does not serve God. And we're seeing that right here, that they'd rather serve the Egyptians than die in the wilderness, which this goes two ways. It is bad to serve dysfunction, it is bad to serve something that was toxic in my life. And it's a lie from the devil to think that we're gonna die out here in wilderness, right here, right now. God wants to take them. What should have taken weeks took 40 years. Wilderness is there to test you, to humble you, and to know what's in thy heart. Check this out in Deuteronomy of chapter eight. It says this in Deuteronomy uh, chapter eight, verse three, or verse two. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. This is why lip service will not last in these last days. Lip service. I'm talking about having a lip and tongue that just says, I love God, I trust God, I love God. Well, he will test you, he will humble you, and he will, will try to figure out if what you're saying is really in your heart, not being like a Pharisee who honor him with thy lips, but the heart is far from him. Again, y'all, this is what he does, and this is why he allows wilderness. This is the wilderness season must take place because it's there to really strengthen us. It's hard, but it strengthens us. Verse three, so he humbled you and allowed you to hunger. And fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Mm. That he might take you, or that he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God chastens you. Is this wilderness? Do you feel like there's some things that you're being tested by at scale to the point where it's almost hard to trust God? This, these are prerequisites. And can I tell y'all, when you're in wilderness, a prerequisite to know that you're transitioning from wilderness, okay, to promised land is you're going to start spotting giants. When you see giants in your life, this is a prerequisite that I might be stepping or entering into promised land. How do we know that? We never hear about giants in promised land or in, in wilderness. We never hear about these giants in wilderness. That's how we know. So when we step into promised land is when they spotted giants. Remember in Numbers 13, and we'll go into this deeper possibly, 
The spies went out for 40 days to go spy out and they saw giants. And the ones that thought that the giants were bigger than our God, they didn't make it. But the ones that believed that our God is bigger and we can take out the giants, they were able to enter. God wants you to see well. God wants you to see. But here's the thing. You will not be able to face giants until he prepares you in wilderness. Kind of reminds me like David. You don't hear about Goliaths and giants until David got anointed. The moment he did, this is when Goliath and you hear about giants stepping up. The same way in wilderness, God wants to prepare you. And as he's anointing you, and as you're about to face giants or you start to face giants, I'm talking about devils in your life. I'm talking about not blaming yourself or, or other circumstances. I'm talking about real giants that step in. That same giant that is trying to attack you, you're anointed to, uh, to be able to also overcome. Amen. So we have to understand the seasons that we're in. So am I going against giants, meaning things that I'm not reaping because of what I sown? Because some of us are not reaping uh, and, and facing devils. We're reaping the, the, this, the, the things that we're going through right now because of decisions. And your decisions is you and your flesh being delivered from you. So if you're reaping decisions based and, and all these hard times and circumstances because of what you sown, I have to know the difference between my decisions and devils and giants, like real giants. I'm talking about real giants. Wilderness is to work on you. It's to deliver you from you. Romans talks about how this, this flesh that is always with us. Galatians says that we got to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is really denying thyself, picking up the cross to get out of wilderness, a full surrender life so I can prepare myself. And God will test you when you say, Lord, take me. Lord, I'm ready. Lord, use me. He going to use you. This is how God works. This is how the kingdom works. God will use you. Have not because you ask not, but be mindful of what you ask because God will use you. And you're going to be like, no, not that. No, God, not this. No, he will use you if you continue. So I want to be able to just really allow us to understand that there's parts of our life that are in Egypt, possibly. There's parts of our life that might be in wilderness and other parts that might feel like promised land, like amen. Prerequ a prerequisite of promised land is when I'm facing giants. And Deuteronomy 8 talks about why God allows wilderness. Now, again, kind of recapping on all this, there's parts of your life that is promised land, other parts of your life that's in wilderness, and some might be in Egypt. Discern these, figure out what it is. You just, as long as you got the blood of Jesus, I might be under attack, but I'm under the blood, okay? And now whatever season I'm in, I can really discern and have reverence, joy, rejoicing, not complaining. Complaining is what hindered them from transitioning from wilderness to promised land. Like imagine if there were just habits that you've learned, trauma that you're still dealing with from childhood because that's keeping you in wilderness because of generations. And we blame family. We blame parents. We blame our environments. Why not praise Jesus because of where he's taking us and because we get to have a relationship with him? Let us be the ones that break chains. Remember, promised land, it's a land flowing with milk and honey that God promised his people to be able to have enough resources to house them. There was millions of people, by the way, that went out. If you go to the census in numbers, over half a million, over 500,000 were enlisted into the army, just the census alone. There was millions of them. If God can be able to 
help millions in the wilderness for 40 years, um, he, can, he, he can provide for you and your family and your few kids. <laughs> no matter what's going on, he always provided for them. We are chain breakers, family, and this is probably why God's allowing us to go through this. So if we're chain breakers, we're going into promised land. Here's what's interesting. The promise doesn't change, but the direction might. My God breaks chains, not promises. So if it's a promise from God, which is in his word, over 7,000 promises from God, I trust God all the way, all through. Amen. I wanted to really give a foundation of the difference. Egypt, wilderness, promised land. How do I know I'm dealing with this and what parts of my life am I dealing with this? And the reason why I believe this, according to scripture, is because there's parts of us that the Holy Spirit has not fully surrendered. And that's what the regeneration, that's the process that God is using and working through us and in us. Amen. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. Just hold your peace. No matter what season you're going through. If you got nothing good to say, don't murmur. Don't complain. That murmuring and complaining came from came from wilderness. That's that wilderness uh, type of anointing I always joke about. But it's, it's real. Like murmuring and complaining came from wilderness, which is what hindered them from transitioning into promise. And some of y'all are not ready for giants you're facing. And that's why God needs to develop you. God loves you so much that he's not going to leave you the same way that he found you. And this is why we're stepping into good ground, new soil. God bless you, family. Thank you for being here. Thank you for laying the foundation with me as we go into this little mini series on promised land, Egypt, wilderness, and what is a real wilderness season. I hope I really elaborated on that and this whole series on is this wilderness? Is this wilderness? Tap in y'all. Brand new months, brand new years ahead, brand new days. Every day is a brand new day. This is the day that the Lord has made, y'all. We're going to rejoice and to be glad because God ain't done with you. If you're breathing right now, God is not done with you. Thank you all for the support. So much great support. Thank you guys all for the comments. Any questions y'all have that we can answer in maybe later videos, drop them below. Us and the family here at Simply Uncaged, we love to, to read those. Thank you all for all the comments, the likes, the ratings. It's just been a lot of great feedback. We will read all the emails. It's amazing to get all the emails and replies. Hallelujah. I'll see y'all in the next episode. God bless you. Tap in, hit the sub. If you guys ever want to uh, support, we got merch. We got a lot of gifts for your loved ones, even unsaved loved ones. We'll send them out nationwide. Check the links below. In Jesus' name, take care. Bye-bye.